Dick saw being Robin as a thrill. It's probably why he outgrew it. Jason saw being Robin as a game. It's probably what got him killed. I could have taken her, you know. Tell her that. But Tim, I have to hand it to the boy. He wants to be the world's greatest detective. And from what I've seen so far, he will be someday. And you said you didn't see it that way. It was all the same. Science, religion, myth, stories. We're all stardust fallen. And so we look to the sky. And we wait to be reclaimed. Goodbye, Ma. Goodbye, Pa. And thank you for everything. Welcome to Field of Geeks special episode, Comic Talk. I'm Steve. I'm Josh. And we have a very special guest, Dan Umpton, of the Doomcast podcast. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Yeah. Thank you. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Dan has an awesome, awesome video cast and uh, local stand-up comedian. Yeah. All-around great guy. Thanks for coming on. It was nice seeing you. I, I appreciate right, it. Bye-bye. Let's... No, I'm going to tell you. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. This has right. been Field All of that Geeks. that was worth that's, it. Right. That's, uh, that's my bit every week. I just end the show in the first two minutes, and then, eh. we'll, then we can keep going. So. <laughs> well, you know, like ever since the con, we've been mentioning your name. Yeah. Like, big oh. fans. Yeah, and, plug, in the, plug in the podcast yeah, a lot. Yeah. And... Just, uh, I just like our community. We... I don't know if you know of them yet, but there's the Doctors Who podcast. They, they oh. came on and awesome. Uh, they're great guys. Yeah. So that's a yeah, fun show to do. It's just nice too. to know other people around here. Yeah, and of course with your stand-up, I'm sure you really know a lot of talent out there. And it's uh, you know, there's there's a lot of talented stand-ups uh, in town. There's a lot of people doing a lot of really uh, neat stuff, and it's crazy because I feel like Des Moines is finally getting to a place where it's comfortable acknowledging the fact that there's talent here. Yes. <laughs> I, because I feel like when I, I moved here like 10 years ago, and there was, even at that time, this idea that like, it, it wasn't an outwardly spoken thing, except there were like t-shirts at Triple Z Records at the time. I don't even know if it was Triple Z, maybe it was Capital, that just said Dead Moines. <laughs> right. And it, like the yeah. idea was nothing good happened here. And then like over 10 years, it's just like, like gotten... yeah. Really cool, and and a lot of people have kind of taken a lot of pride in what they do and what they've been doing across like any art, whether it's podcasting or yeah. music, or theater, stand up comedy, actual visual arts, dance. I mean, the, it's outstanding, and it's awesome. there is a cultural renaissance in this city, and it's really badass. Awesome. To be perfectly honest, and hopefully it continues. Exciting. Yeah, it is. It is pretty neat. And you know, as someone who's about ninety-four years old, and I I moved you here. Look in, great. Yeah, right. I moved here in ninety-nine, and it was. It was. I came from my. I grew up in the Omaha area, and Omaha oh, yeah. always had a zillion things going on at all yeah. times. And and in going to Des Moines, it was just kind of like, oh, geez, what's this? Dead Moines <laughs> made Dead sense. Moines. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not even Moines, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a lot. If you can't find something to do now that covers your tastes. You're not, yeah, you're not looking oh, yeah. hard enough, right? <laughs> yeah. At, no, that's you are absolutely correct there. Like you can find, you know, a drink and draw or like, you know, just a weird I don't know, you can find a vegan liberal pub crawl happening this <laughs> right. week. There's gotta be happening. Right. Somewhere. I don't know. Vegans love me. <laughs> I used to be. 
Yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also used to be a butcher at High V. So, you know. <laughs> All of being a vegan? Or... No. I like the dichotomy you got going on there. That's good. No, I, that's, I, I, I switched teams. That sounds like not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I had, had a weird personal uh, renaissance that kind of changed things for me politically and uh, dietarily and a lot of stuff where it, it was just kind of a central shift. It uh, was sort of around the time that my father-in-law passed away hmm. and uh, I'm getting real deep here all of a yeah. sudden, no, but right. uh, I kind of I went from a place where I, I shifted from a, an ideal of like, law and order where people need to follow very specific rules. This is how life is supposed to be to that structure is artificial and it's something that we create. And the, the reality of everything is that we all have one very short life and it's, and it's precious for all of us. And then I, I kind of went even farther beyond that. And I was like, well, if that's the case, we all have this one and only life and we're, it's our responsibility to care for one another. And conversely, it's our responsibility to care for uh, anything that's able to right. be conscious. And so I was like, well, like bacon is delicious. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, it was, it, it, but I don't, I hate the people who are like vegetarian, who are just like, I like act like they look down on people for it. Right because bacon is objectively delicious yeah. like it's it's something that you know if you, if you choose not to do it like you know you may have your reasons but you can't be a jerk to somebody else who likes stuff that everybody else likes right. so yeah. and if you don't like bacon there's a trustworthy problem there i mean you can't really <laughs> oh yeah be trusted so yeah I, I made a joke on twitter about vegans and i had really nothing against vegans at all it was just more of a did it get you in trouble hundreds oh with Multiple go kill yourselves. Oh, yeah. oh. so that was fun. Wow! And all I said was something to the meat. effect. Yeah, this isn't verbatim, but the gist was: um, what would happen if every vegan was put on an island together? Who would they tell that they were vegans? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the gist of it. It was just me just being a smart aleck. You know, I didn't really. That's that's so innocuous because what I was do, what I was what I was vegan. I'm still vegetarian. I don't eat meat, but I'll eat cheese and eggs um and i don't even anyway i i used to have a joke where i would say that the only reason that i mentioned in my set that i'm vegan is because we have to tell somebody that we're vegan every 10 minutes <laughs> See? Right. otherwise our head explodes and then everyone's covered in meat and that wouldn't be vegan yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah. that's so that's such a weird thing to get that angry about it was funny i did have some good dialogue with a few people yeah back some back and forth and that was kind of that was okay yet i still had to defend myself you know like some sort of weirdo but yeah the uh the go kill yourself stuff was fun that was those were good times. you're not winning anybody over to your side by being a dick <laughs> I know, like right? <laughs> oh you've convinced me i'm sold now thanks so you've made me hurt <laughs> right. well clearly I think I'll just go out and get a pound of bacon and just put it on a sandwich. That's how sad I am right now. Maybe it'll be happy. Little Lady Gaga meat suit. All right. (laughs) Um, Comics, right? Is that what we're here tonight? Yes. Yes. Um, That's right. So Dan is a big comics guy. Oh, boy. Um, I've (laughs) dabbled in comics a little myself over the years, again, being alive as long as I have. You know, I was there when they made paper for the first time, so that was wow. nice. Uh, Dan also brought beer, by the way, and you're going to mm. hear me drink that right now. Yes. Mm. Cheers. Very Thank you. Very good. <sighs> Very good stuff. So, 
we just have a few things that you know we'll run through. Just kind of, it's just some fun stuff, you know, kind of some casual conversation around, you know, kind of who your favorites are, and you know, it's really it's hard to nail down a favorite or two or three. Like I, for my DC, you know, as an example, so favorite DC character than favorite Marvel character. So for DC, for me, it's Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, the Hal Jordan version. Nice. Uh, and I wrote down with a side of Superman, <laughs> you know, because there's multiple, there's a billion characters on each, each of these two companies, you know, I love to death, mm-hmm. but, sure. uh, you know, I grew up, Hal Jordan was my, you know, that was a, when I was a little kid, that was the first one that really resonated with me, uh, loved the idea of a power ring that, you know, you only, it's controlled by your mind. You know, and of course. Uh, oh yes, pretty cool. Oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I knew I liked you. Uh, this is, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. I'm a, I'm a '70s kid, you know. So I grew up, um, and I was able to read the social social conscious stuff that you know the Green Arrow, Green Lantern stuff. It started with issue '76, and uh, you know they went on a huge run. Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams art, um, just phenomenal stuff so i, I kind of grew up on that and I, I loved batman i loved you know i, I loved everything but uh yeah i thought hal jordan was the coolest just because you know i as a kid i'm thinking man i that guy can make anything with a ring you know it's, it's nice. up to his imagination mm-hmm. you know so uh that was fun for me but um dc characters how about you guys dan oh boy um I wonder who no. you don't have to so, pick just one you pick yeah, <laughs> no, it, yeah. um i it, i had a, a lot of difficulty making this choice yeah. because hal jordan's easily in my top five yeah. he's probably but i if i had to number them yeah i'd have to i'd have to put him at number three okay and that's that's a that's a real close number three to number one. Okay, like I I have to put them in a triumvirate basically <laughs> nice. because like my number two would be Kyle Rayner Greenland. Oh, nice! And I like Kyle Rayner ever so slightly, like just like infinitesimally slightly more sure. than uh, Hal Jordan, only because um, I mean the guy's an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, his ring constructs are always. Um, Elaborate. They're always they're, very elaborate. They're elaborate yeah. and they're geek related, yeah. kind of. <laughs> like he's always like. Whereas Hal Jordan is like, oh, I've got like a shield or like a boxing glove. Right. Kyle Rayner's like, I am uh, an Evangelion, or I'm <laughs> right. like a giant mech, or I'm Optimus Prime. Right. Oh. Or I have like a full suit of armor and like a sword. I'm like one of the elves from Lord of the Rings. Like right. it's yeah. and there those nods are always there. Um. Also, his whole um. His his run, like the Judd Winnick run mm-hmm. back in the like late early, 90s, early late to early nineties, yeah. him being on the Justice League during Grant Morrison's run, that's got a special place in my heart. Um, and uh, also, like it, it, it doesn't hurt the fact that Tom King, who's my current favorite DC writer, yeah. uh, did him on Omega Men. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and that is that is such a great book, Omega Men is a heartbreaking look at like just the what war does to people mm-hmm. like the the nuances of you know what one person calls a terrorist somebody else calls a freedom fighter it introduced and, a lot of nuance ooh, from so serious issues it, yeah. the whole book is gray area i mean but it's real good but my number one far and away uh i think it well i say far and away but he's still real close uh, is Martian Manhunter John oh, Jones? Nice. Yeah, I mean, because you get power set wise, right? You get everything. You get the entire Superman package, right. 
but you also get the fact that he is like this tremendous psychic power, uh-huh. um, this incredible psychic responsibility as well, this right. code of ethics uh, that goes along with his use of his psychic power. Right. And he's he's all about not violating other pe- the sanctity of other people's thoughts, which is not something you really, you kind of tread that in Marvel with like Professor X and right. so forth. Yeah, Jean you, Grey, those whole, I mean, they, they, their, their morality uh, in that piece of it is a little bit looser where, yeah, you're right. John Jones is just, he's a lot more. I mean, he's, he's more about like when you, he, he's not invading people's thoughts as much as like he senses their emotions, which right. I guess that gets into like empathy right. more. Uh, yeah. But he's still, he's still clearly psychic. Plus, you know, there's the, the whole phasing. He's like, he's like DC's, uh, the vision, but he still has that aspect of being truly more alien than Superman. And in that way, he's, he's even more of an outsider, um, which is oddly makes him, I think outsiders are very relatable to comic geeks anyway, because that's kind of the people that gravitate towards them. So, you know, you have your Peter Parker's, you have your Clark Kent's, um, Martian Manhunter and, you know, Batman's got, He's an outsider in a lot of ways because he's got this pain that he's hidden right. from everybody else. But now I, I, I like John Jones, Martian Manhunter a lot. That's I've, awesome. Yeah. I've cleaned up pretty much every solo series that he's been part of. And I enjoy his favorite cookie. Absolutely. <laughs> the Chaco. Translation Oreos. AKA DC's Oreos, version of Oreos yes. that they can't really, you know, advertise. <laughs> it's a, Which is it's the same deal. When uh, John Ostrander was uh, was here, I I did a Doomcast interview with him at the uh, the Comic Con um, that never aired because oh, the man. sound did not work. Oh man! But I specifically was talking to him and about that. He's a legend. It, yeah, that's I cool. mean. He's and he's he's such he's such a geek in and of his. I mean, he's he loves what he does so much in in a way that a lot of comic people who are writers who are already geeks, you know, aren't aren't even as geeky as he is to the degree (laughs) that he is. He's a fanboy that just managed to get his dream job. And uh, that bleeds through everything he writes. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he is a lot of fun. He's a blast. Um, Yeah, it was it was a great. I I wish that I'd actually been able to air it. Yeah. But it's uh the sound did not work out uh at all. Yeah. So That's kind of a, a mess. Post captioning. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a possibility. It's I mean, it's just unintelligible. So like I don't even know what we were saying up there. Oh, because really? it, it, because of the fact that I had this I had one I had one Zoom mic that was positioned off to the side of us cuz I kind I kind of I don't know if it's clear with it looks like I know what I'm doing with the Doomcast. I have no idea. I'm, I've been flying by the seat of my pants since the beginning of it. It looks great. Faking so. it well. I, I, I've been faking it really well, but like uh, some of this, yeah, I just had this mic off to the side and the room was huge, you know, because it was the, that basement part of, uh, what is it, Iowa Event Center. Yeah. Real echoey. Mm-hmm. Um, and just everything reverberated back on to, to both mm-hmm. of us. So the mic didn't really pick up anything quite intelligible it's real hard to to hear anything but oh, it was cool yeah. i don't know it was cool to meet him yeah for so. sure at least you have that you know yeah it was a lot it's of fun still sucks but yeah well, how about you josh dc character mm-hmm. well who do you gravitate towards gosh that's a tough one 
for Batman. Oh, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who knows Josh, that's not a surprise. I asked the question to be nice, you know, but... Yeah, Batman's my all-time favorite ever yeah. since childhood. Just, I don't know how I got introduced to him, but he's one of the uh, first things I try to draw, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember asking my dad, like, how come he doesn't fly? And all yeah. that stuff, and, you know, he had no idea. Because he's just a dude. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't his answer. I no. got what it was, but... <laughs> Like he just dresses well, like that's a not bat. a wholly accurate answer, <laughs> yeah. but it's close. You know, yeah. right? It's 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 yeah. the dumbed down oversimplification. If we ever do technically, son, story, he yeah. does fly in the bat plane, <laughs> yes. right? Which he's financed with money. <laughs> well, which is his real power. Tangent. Uh, you know, the BVS beginning sequence. At first, I was like, he can't fly like that, and I'm like, this is a dream, right? And yeah, it was a dream. So yeah, thank God. But yeah, if they ever changed that, I would be I'd be against it. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd just be crazy. But yeah, uh, so, huge. Yeah, Batman so fan. Batman's gone through a million iterations yes. over the years. So if you think of like the camp of the '50s and '60s, going into you know like the Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, mm-hmm. Dick Giordano '70s stuff, sure, where it starts getting a little bit more serious. Not necessarily yes. dark per se, but I mean they. Brought it to a more serious tone, um, and then you have the '80s, the Frank Miller intro to, you know, Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> yeah, Dark Knight Returns, the the whole you know kind of post apocalyptic Batman. Pretty much uh, changed things. Yeah, right? like pretty much on the novelization type yeah. of aspect. What what characterization of Batman do you prefer the best? Do you like the light kind of lighter tone Batman? Do you like the brooding serious? Well, I don't like when he kills. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing. Yeah, you know, I'm a huge animated series fan. Yeah, That's really my Batman, honestly. There you go. Uh, you know, I, Keaton's my Batman, too, because, you know, that 89 movie was so big, and I was so young I couldn't go to the theater and see it. I, I couldn't wait to get it on VHS, yeah. and that just introduced me even further. I, I got the movie adaptation comics. Oh, nice. Every Batman movie I have, except, you know, they stopped making them after Begins, but I even have Batman and Robin. <laughs> It's actually better than the movie. Well, that doesn't say much for me. But um, I mean, yeah, no, no, but yeah, that turned me on to all that. And I remember the animated series actually had a comic line. Yeah, and I I bought into that. And just yeah, he's pretty much been the go-to uh, forever. Yeah. So. Well, that's awesome. Good for you. What are your thoughts on Batman: Brave and the Bold? Hmm. The uh, the cartoon from like two thousand eight. Yes. Um, Okay, everything that came after the animated series at first, it was jarring to me. And it still is, you know, in many ways. I still think that works, the way they did it. You know, just the look and everything. It was perfect. But I do admire the Brave and the Bold for kind of Adam Westing it up a little bit. You yeah. Know? Uh, I think I, all those, you know, different versions are, you know, they're not always my cup of tea. Sure. But I, I do appreciate, it's kind of nice to see certain sides and... You know, if you can watch it with your kids right. or whatever, you know, it's... Uh, well, that's that's the fun part. Yeah, but yeah. The I did the like the, the other one. The, uh, it was called The Batman. Uh, oh, yeah. The yeah. One, it was like in between both of them. Right. It was, I like the stylized yeah. animation of it. I mean, I thought it was a unique-looking program, um, and the sh- I thought the show was pretty good. It had like I a hint it. of the animated series a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but with a little bit more of own. a, you know, almost an anime-type feel in certain spots. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was pretty well done. Sure. Um, well done show. But yeah, I don't know. But That's yeah. good. I love that there's a 
genuinely a comedy version of a, the most serious superhero <laughs> that you could get. Right. Like, you can't get more serious and more dark and more dour than Batman. Right. And then, like, some of the best superhero anything yeah. that's out there of any genre is the comedy version of Batman. Right. <laughs> Like when you get down to like the Lego Batman, even uh-huh. like that's it's, it's super entertaining, and it's right. not it doesn't have to be the same Batman because all of those versions of Batman kind of exist, and that's why I was like you were like Al oh, Keaton's my Batman. Like you get to choose. Right. That's what's great about it is mm-hmm. like you can choose like what your your ideal or real Batman exactly. is. Like I'm I'm kind of I'm, I'm partial to both Christian Bale mm-hmm. and uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you can have them both. You and can this, have them both. Once again, this, uh, this sounds like more suggestive than what I mean to say. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they're out there, and that's uh, it's great. They, yeah. they all I love Brave and the Bold. It's so silly. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Yeah, they all, they all give something in their performances. Maybe they're not always in the best things, you know, the particular Batman or whatever. But Well, and he's one of those few characters that you can really do that with mm-hmm. superman is superman and in oh, any yeah. iteration he's superman you know and and while I, I i love superman to death because just the idealism of of him the positivity you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. i think that there needs to be that balance with a batman type character and a superman and that's why they mesh so well but yeah you don't see people goofing on superman because it's hard to goof on him no you know he's he is who he is and you know he's the boy scout you know but with batman there's multiple characterizations out there, and, and they're all pretty entertaining, you know. Right. And and so it's just an interesting take that he's one of those few characters that you can really kind of mess around with and and get creative. Other big exception, especially in Brave and the Bold, uh, Aquaman, <laughs> when he's just a turd, like he's just outrageous, right, like yeah. he's just a, he's a Zap Brannigan like <laughs> yeah, buffoon. Right. It's so great, yeah. like you just you let him play like the idiot <laughs> character the whole time. And he's so lovable, and uh, especially that outrageous catchphrase. Like, if I had, like, enough hair that I didn't have to, like, have the haircut that I do to pretend that I have hair, uh, and I could just, like, I I could dye it and not worry that it would all fall out the next day, um, I would totally do an Aquaman, uh, Batman Brave and the Bold cosplay. Nice. Just with with the weird, like, I don't know. He got the full beard. Just he's silly. He's yeah. like, I don't know. He's he's like he's like the Ron Swanson yeah. of that show, Perfect. kind yeah. of. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, that's good. Batman. Wait a minute. Is Batman the Brave and the Bold community, or not community? Parks and Rec. Is Batman Leslie Nope? <laughs> Is Robin Tom Haverford? Did we just stumble on something that like we? Maybe. Dang. I like that. We need, that. <laughs> we need someone who does videos to make that happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need action. to do this. I'll just take a bunch of action <laughs> figures and just make a stop motion yes. like Parks and Rec. Sorry for calling it community yeah. first. Yeah, That's right. blasphemy. Anyway. All right. Da-da-da. Moving on. Da-da-da. Yeah. So I just started watching Parks and Rec again on Netflix. That's mm. funny you mentioned it. So it's a good show. So shifting gears to Marvel. Uh, so favorite Marvel characters. I know as a kid... Again, this is it's one of those things that the, this is one of the first Marvel characters that resonated with me, and arguably not probably the most popular character in Marvel, but the Thing from the Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, loved him to death. I mean, he was the heart and soul of that team, mm-hmm. you know. And as a kid, growing up in the seventies, I mean, the Fantastic Four, uh, the, the whole John Byrne era, it was just 
phenomenal as a kid reading it, you know, and sure. I have the uh, Marvel Unlimited app and I can go back and reread every episode or every episode, every, every issue from episode or issue. What the hell? This is the beer talking. <laughs> Dude, I'm doing the same thing. It's like 7%. Every issue from issue one to current, you know, is, is out there. So it's, it's kind of fun, but uh, yeah, I love the thing, you know, and uh, I knew when he fought the Hulk, he wasn't going to win, but I wanted to see him. I wanted to see him try, you know, and uh, he was just a, he was a fun character, you know, and then, you know, my secondary would probably be Spider-Man. I mean, I, I know a lot of people think that, but, you know, it's a, that's a fun character to play with, too, I think. You know, a lot of different versions, a lot of different takes on him, and uh, pretty cool stuff. Um, it's one of my favorite single issues. Did you read John Hickman's run of Fantastic Four? I did, yeah. The one, my, one of my favorite issues of that run is the one where... Um, Reed helps the thing figure out a way so that he can be human, human again, for one right? week yeah. per yeah. year or like however long it was it one week or was it one day? I thought it was a day. It was a day. I think so. And then you find out that if he's not human, he doesn't age. And so he lives for like millions of yeah. years or something. And he's on like the like multiple future versions of the Fantastic <laughs> Four and the right. Avengers. And it's so heartwarming because it's just like, no, the first. Sorry, I've like almost choked up. It's like yeah. you are the heart and soul of the first family yeah. of Marvel, and you carry that for, through like every future iteration. Yeah. And it's it, I don't know. It's such a cool issue. Like I think about it every once in a while too, and I'm just like, wow. ah, that's if you're not a fan of the thing, it'll make you a fan of the thing and, for sure. Yeah, and and they wow. just relaunched Fantastic Four again. Um, yes, which Finally. issue two just came out last week. I read it uh, on day one that it came out and. You know, the thing is, he's just he's just awesome. I mean, to me, he's he's the every man who was turned into the holy crap. You know, what I mean, he yeah. was just you know. Uh, but again, you know, he's a uh, he's he's that voice of reason on the team, and he's just one of my favorites. What about you? I so as far as heroes go, yeah, it's easier it's easier for me to go like uh, team by team yeah, necessarily. Sure. But if I have to pick a number one. Out of heroes in Marvel, it's probably Nightcrawler. Oh, nice! Um, I love I I love the fact that it's you know it's kind of similar in some ways to the thing, yeah. In that he's a guy who doesn't have a choice but to look the way he looks, right? Uh, and doesn't want to, and has struggled with it his entire life, and has been vilified for it, but really truly cares about other people in a way that a lot of other people who are even on the X Men in, in Marvel don't, right? Um. And plus, just the teleporting power is makes the fighting style incredibly cool. Right. Um, and uh, I don't know if you ever played the uh, X-Men PlayStation 1 fighting game uh, where, it, it, like, that was one of the first times they actually put him in, like, he had swords. Right. And it was way ahead of its time. It Whoa, was like a PlayStation nice. 2 game that shouldn't have been released on PlayStation 1, but it was <laughs> the dopest thing. It was crazy. Um, the combos that you could pull off teleporting with that was awesome. And I was like, no, I'm full on a Nightcrawler fan. So the second X-Men movie, what did you think of that opening scene? Um, it was incredibly cool. And then, uh, like, and Alan Cumming was a pretty good choice, mm -hmm. honestly. Like, I, I, I like Alan Cumming as just an actor anyway. Yeah. Um, and the new 
actually the new the most recent movie apocalypse yeah one of my favorite scenes in that movie which by and large i was like eh, it's okay except right. for like the quicksilver parts and the one part <laughs> where nightcrawler like you see from his perspective what it's like teleporting and i was like uh this is great yeah that was this is awesome. <laughs> perfect like that's exactly what you like you want to see like just how space bends around oh, him yeah. instead ah Totally something. No, no, I don't even know that anybody's done that in comics that yeah. I've seen. Anyway, that was awesome. Yeah, it's always Bamf in the cloud, and then you know, and then you see him is. somewhere else. Right. But you never see like him just like folding through that into whatever dimension he's going yeah. into. It's not limbo. Who knows? All right. Favorite Marvel character? Sure. Not a hero. Doctor Doom. Period. Oh yeah. Easily because he's a tragic character. Yeah. It's not unlike the thing. Also. Right. Maybe maybe different in the respect that he maybe thinks that he's disfigured, right. and in some versions he actually is right. very disfigured. But he is he's kind of a Lex Luthor character in some ways because he thinks that he is better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. The difference is is that Doom is right. He actually is <laughs> right. Like he he is a a science he is a superior scientist, a superior sorcerer. Um, he's. He's the Batman. He's what Batman looks like in right. Marvel. Yeah. Um, but the the problem is, is that he is so completely arrogant. He's aware, and he has no capacity necessarily for altruism. That's right. not uh, his style. He does want to do good things for other people, but only because other people will recognize him for having done it. Yeah, he'll he'll get the benefits from that. Not right. not just the I did something good. Yeah. Right. It's it's not it, it and it's his primary motivation is simply proving that he's better than somebody else. Right. And I think that many of us are probably liars if we don't admit that that's part of our motivation for a lot of things in some ways is that we just want to prove ourselves. So I think that's relatable. Um one of my favorite doom arcs ever. I'm talking a lot. <laughs> it's okay. Um but my one of my favorite doom arcs is it's the Mark Miller run on Fantastic Four where uh, the uh, the Maquis of Death hmm. is this... I don't remember the guy's name. He's also the character in 1985, which is another Mark, Mark right. Miller series. He's able to just bend reality at will, which is kind of similar to Franklin Richards' power. Right. So he's able... He, like, he goes and just trounces Doom in his own house, um, makes him look like an idiot, and then throws Doom back 65 million years into the mouth of a shark in the Atlantic Ocean. And you see Doom get eaten by a shark, and then you're like, all right, well, that's the end of Doom, right? (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Then you find out that uh, Doom, like, claws his way back over 65 million years using arcane science, teaching himself additional sorcery (laughs) for this however many millions of years. Yeah. Claws his way back, and he is, in secret, the assistant to the Maquis of Death the whole right. time. Then he reveals himself at that moment, takes takes the Maquis of Death down, and then he's like, also, by the way, I'm now basically God, right. Reed Richards, so I'm about to embarrass you. And then Mark Miller's run ended, and they never addressed the no. fact that Doom had perfected all science and all art and was... Easily and inarguably the greatest and most powerful character in Marvel. Right. Never come back to that. Never came back to it. They, Never came back They to really that. reverted back to, I don't know, I'd say stereotypical doom. You mm, know. Crazy bluster. Right. Which is okay. 
his appearance in Fantastic Four number two, the the latest issue, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Mm. If you haven't read it, it was fun to see him back in that capacity, uh, messing with the Fantastic Four a little bit. It was it was good. Nice. I I loved I loved Secret Wars. Yeah, the the Hickman Secret Wars, just because that's that's the idea. If I could have written a Doom story, I would have written. I would have tried to write even close to that. Right. The idea of somebody that arrogant. Because at the same time that I, there's a part of me that's rooting for him, there's a part of me that does want him proved wrong. There's a part of me that does want him to learn, like, you know, you're good. You could be a part of this. Right. You could be a benefit to everybody. Look at Tony Stark. He's an asshole. Oh, yeah. But he <laughs> still does it. But you you could be better than him. Yeah. And, then, and like, you know, his comeback in the uh, uh, infamous Iron Man was really cool. Because yeah. that was kind of the turn... That I wanted, where he's just like, you know, you can't, you can't really trust this guy right. necessarily. He's got his own motivation, but he's better than people are giving credit for. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's awesome. Well, to ask, you know, because I, I love comics. I'm mostly a movie guy. In the end, you know, that's how I see a lot of these comic characters come to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, like mm-hmm. we all do, but you know, occasionally I, I read into them. But mm-hmm. giving that, we're probably going to finally see the Doom people want to see. What storyline can you think of from the comics would be really like just just right to introduce him into the world? Hmm. That's it's tough because I've always yeah. contended that the Fantastic Four is a tough mm-hmm. screen translation yes. and having nothing to do with you know the movies that have already come out. Just in general, that's a tough that's a tough property to to convert. I mean, can it be done? I think it can be done. I mean, the mm-hmm. last one that came out that was so horribly panned. You know, one thing I think they got right was like the look of the thing. Mm-hmm. Doom when he was going psycho and just you know screwing people up. Yeah, I mean that to me was like a holy crap moment. Oh, I was you terrified. Know? I, right, him, that was that a moment. very cool cinematic moment and and cemented him as yeah he's not a he he's not very redeemable at this point. <laughs> you know? No, but up up until that point, the jo- we're talking about the Josh uh-huh. Trank version. Yeah. Up until that point, the first half of that movie was exactly the Fantastic Four right. movie I was hoping for. Right. I was like, this is great. I was like, this the Doom is sympathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's kind of an interesting character. Like he's got a genuine chemistry with Kate Mara as right. uh as uh, uh, uh Sue Storm at that uh, keep I was about to say Richards, but they weren't married yet. Right, yeah. And it was it was really good up until that point, but the halfway point in that movie the time jump? Shit, something happened yeah. there. The one-year got... time jump or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. right. It was not good No, yeah, from that not. point on. Part of me was wondering, I mean, did they fire everyone having to do with the film, with the exception of the actors, and then just rehired at that For point? For real. I mean, that's what it felt like. And, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just... Because that's not jump. where I was thinking they were taking do. What I was thinking that they were going to do is that he was going to find that my idea in, in my head is that where they were taking that movie up to that point is... After they found that way to like, they got to the negative zone or what yeah. you presume the negative zone is that doom is going to get back. You know, somehow they, they get out of, you know, the prison that they're kept in doom tweaks it. And then he figures out, he's like, I don't just have to go to the negative zone. Right. I can go to heaven right. and I can see my mother. And then that's where things go crazy. And then Richards tries to fix it and ends up sucking him into the negative zone, disfiguring him. And then he comes back and tries to kill all of them. Right. And all of that happens on earth. And it would have been, just fine there, but Why instead they had that? him fuse like garbage onto <laughs> right, him, yeah. so he was trash panda Santa Claus. Yeah, <laughs> and 
This I don't is know. where studio heads need to stay out of the movies. Yes. You know, I mean, no. stop, stop with your ideas. I mean, uh, give it to the people who know the source material, you know, and it was, it was, but in, and see, the sad thing was there was a lot of nice visuals in that movie. There were, you know, and I liked how they got their powers. You felt like it was hell. There, the, and like you say, that first half of that movie was like, mm-hmm. you know, where are we I mean, going? It, it yeah, wasn't yeah. it wasn't the same thing as what happens in comics, and I was like, I'm fine with this. Yeah. This actually this brings the negative zone into things mm-hmm. right away. You don't have to explain that. You also you get you know the establishment. The only thing that I had a problem with was that it was too long. Um, that that establishment part. Right. Mm-hmm. If you go look it up, anybody listening to this should go look this up. It's out online. Max Landis, comic writer, great comic writer, son of John Landis. Um, Guy wrote Green Valley, which is a great limited series everybody should check out. Um, Max Landis also wrote Chronicle oh, with yeah. Dane DeHaan, yep. and curiously, it was directed by Josh Trank, the guy that uh, directed Fantastic Four. Anyhow, he wrote a treatment, three-page treatment that he put on Twitter of Fantastic Four. That's right, yeah. And it is two pages long, and it gets them from, like... Instead of like any of that, it's just like Reed Richards yelling at the cops. The cops are outside of like this ranch that he's built, oh, where he has put a now. little Whoa. like like an Astro or what is it called? Um, whatever the VW bus, maybe it's just called a VW bus. They've converted it into yeah. a s- spacecraft, and the cops are like, "You shouldn't launch this." And then there's like some witty banter that is genuinely clever. I don't remember it. And then they launch, and then boom, Fantastic Four, and that's like how it starts. Yeah. And then it, then it's like ten years later, and it's like Reed Richards and them. They already have their powers. Nothing else you need to explain. Right. That's the way to do it. Oh, that is the way geez. to do it. I mean, how many times have we seen Spider-Man get bit? How many times have we seen the Waynes die? You know, I mean, uh, no one's died on film. I've made this joke a million times mm-hmm. more than Thomas and Martha Wayne. Oh, geez. You know, no <laughs> so but you're right. I mean, to take something in, in the established piece of it. No one needs to see a retelling of a Spider-Man origin. Mm-mm. You know, not a single person alive. The Raimi films made what well over billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could go to up. Thailand and you can ask a seven-year-old child yeah. and just be like, just be like, do you speak English? They're like, yes. You're like, how does Spider-Man get his powers? Uh, he's bitten by a radioactive spider. Boom. You're like, all right, good. I, yeah, everybody on the planet Let's knows. Let's start it. on year three. <laughs> you know I mean? I mean, just we, we go, yeah, go to Russia. Ask a 94 year old woman, like, right. who is Spider-Man? He's the, the swing of the New York. Right. You're like, yes, okay, perfect. Enough people saw that those movies, they know. You know, so that's, all, that's one of my pet peeves is just the rehash oh, of that's origin. So good, unnecessary. Too, everyone has in their mind how they get their powers, like the idea way and to just kind of leave that up to like whoever wants to imagine mm-hmm. and you just pick them up years later oh man and the budget would have been cheaper you don't have to go in space and do all that well stuff and or... and i made a very controversial statement in the past in regards to batman and robin the mm. thing that they did the best and it was brilliant thomas and martha wayne didn't die in that show Mm-mm. it's the only one that's never happened in you know yeah. um at least a flashback piece of it and addressing it right we didn't see it. Now, what we did really see was good. terrible. <laughs> yeah, but but they did not. They did not do that. You know, I mean, I wish they would have made an awesome movie, but that was a that was the right thing to do. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you didn't have to rehash that. You know, like you had in every movie before that. So that was... it's beautiful that the Spider-Man video game that yeah. just came out. There is no reference to how Spider-Man got his powers. <sighs> see, 
don't discuss it. You just you jump right in the second <laughs> the second that game starts. You are swinging on a web through New York. That's amazing. It is He's great. Now going to go buy a PlayStation. It makes 4. me want to buy a Dude, PlayStation. Dude, go. Just I am do actually it. contemplating buying a PlayStation Four. Get the Spider Man edition. Just it, do it tonight. Drink tonight, have another, right have now. another beer. One more beer and I'm gone. We're, we're going to finish this yeah. first. All right. It's yeah. possibly. I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like I, I'm also. I'm, I'm a big big gamer. It's probably it's easily in my top ten games of all time. Yeah, I mean then that's pretty high praise. It's the because I've wasted Spider-Man. a lot of my life playing video games. Yeah, so yeah, likewise, <laughs> it's um, worth it. It looks great. I've seen the screenshots. I'm yeah. I'm really anxious. To it's see short. It. Yeah. Is that's it? the only caveat. Is but I bet it's replayable. I mean, it's just you you could. I think that there's uh, a lot of it is like uh, a lot of the Batman. Arkham games, right? There, I mean, it's very similar in a lot of respects, but there's the parts where Batman Arkham could be better. It is better. Mm, nice. It's it's got a lot of redeeming qualities. Uh, everything about it is perfectly fluid. Um, it deserves all the accolades it's getting. I uh, still pick up the Arkham games just to strictly do some combat and relieve some stress. You know. Yeah. Oh man, I don't have a drug problem. I like I said, I, I <laughs> barely problem. drink beer. You know, this is my way. Of <laughs> It's it's so much fun. I mean, it the the combat is it does feel very similar. Like the mechanics right. are very similar to the combat in the Arkham games. Um, the only the only drawback that I can name is that it's definitely short. Yeah. Like it's it's about as short as the first Arkham Batman, um, which was very short. It was. Um, I wonder if they'll do DLC though that might I'm add hoping. on to that. Yeah, let's hope. Knock on. The wood here, but they put a lot of work into it. I hope they get it ready for add-ons. Gorgeous, some great accolades, and that looks. It is anything. I mean, if you've been to Manhattan, to a lot of landmarks, there's a couple things that are out of place. There's some things they didn't get the rights to. Like for example, uh, my buddy Matt Jacobson pointed out that the uh, the Wall Street Bull. They didn't have the rights to use it, so they put Lockjaw from the Inhumans in there. (laughs) That's right, and that's really funny. Um, Freedom Tower. Uh, and Ground Zero are shifted, like they aren't in the place that they're supposed to be, blockwise. But you can go, but I mean, there. block for yeah. block for everything. The only other thing that I'm very angry is not there is the Baxter Building. Is, yes, it doesn't exist. <laughs> right, it doesn't exist. The Fantastic really? Four don't exist. There's Oscorp. There's Damage Control. There's the Rand Corporation. Yeah. Uh, there's Josie's. There's the Alias Investigations. There's a Ton of stuff. Stark Tower there. Stark Tower yeah. is Stark Tower is there. It's the, uh, they call it Avengers Tower, right. but like it's you know what it is. Right. Um, and it's like it's off of like Central Park East or something oh, like yeah. I don't know if there's a Central Park East or whatever, but it's the east yeah. of Central Park. Doctor Strange's place. Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah, is right there, like where it's supposed to be. Because if you like, if you put in. And GPS, like I looked it up. I was like, well, where's Bleecker Street? Right. And I put it in. And I was like, oh, it should be north of this park. Then I looked at the map after you like unlock like all the map parts. And I was like, oh, that's where it should be. And then I go there and I was like, oh, there it is. It's real. And it was. And, yeah, exactly. I was like, Gosh. this is they did this right. See, anyway, that's, that's phenomenal. You know, when, when people so good. put care into that like that, I mean, that just makes all the detail. Well, it's real. Right. Uh, for mo- mostly, well, right. you know, you know like I mean, Arkham in the game environment, or, uh, right. Gotham, you know. Right. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. What about a Marvel character for you, Josh? Mm. Oh, it's tough. Um, probably Spider-Man. Oddly enough, it was mostly DC stuff growing up. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm I'm actually, uh, you know, late later on in life when 
sadly it's movies again not comics it you know should be but uh iron man you know that right. was like a d level character wasn't it and or well, it was not he, up he's always been with, a prominent character yeah. but he wasn't the a-lister you know that yeah. he was you know when tony or I when just love robert his, downey jr took yeah, it, yeah i love his tech and yeah. you know it's like i, I want to have a garage like he does or a, you know a place to work and i just i love all that stuff the armored suits and spider-man as well punisher oh there you go I like yeah. punisher nice yes um well done, Netflix. Morally yeah, complex character in a lot of ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. There are a lot... I, I think there are a lot of good things about the Punisher that don't get foregrounded. I feel like a lot of the stuff that gets foregrounded is like is the violence part of it. Right. And, but I feel like Netflix got it right mm-hmm. in yes. a big way, you yeah. know? I mean, the, the, the real moral and emotional complexity in a way that comics sometimes don't either. And you also... Just as a side, you were like, ah, oh, it should be comics. I don't feel like you need to apologize for that, dog. Yeah. I think you're well, all right with that. Movies have helped me get into comics. Right. And, like, I remember when, you know, they started making a lot in the early 2000s, a lot of comic, you know, book-based films. I would go home. I was curious to know more about this character, and I would look up everything on him pretty yeah. much, you know, and it all was pulled from comics. And so then you could spot the Easter eggs, too. Right. And, I love comics. I love sure. going to the store and all that. But yeah. I just hate when people make people feel bad for not having read comics or like yeah. the original book of something right. like that. Um, the because it's just like, type like behavior, you aren't right? winning a, the game, <laughs> right, jerk. You not you're not making somebody else want to be more part of this right. for making them feel bad. Like just be as like if you. Everybody starts somewhere, mm-hmm. and if yeah. you decide that you want to like only read Batman books. And fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's your right. choice. Right. Like, you well, don't owe anybody anything. When I was a kid, I, I would get a lot of comics because, you know, we didn't have a lot of movies like we do now, which is, mm-hmm. you know, is great. But yeah, that's how I would see more of Batman and you bet. even Robocop had a comic. That's you know, right. I got yeah. to see more of that and uh, Superman, the death of Superman, you know, like listening to you guys and uh, Kevin Smith describe things they've read like i got i'm a swamp thing fan as well going yeah, back to dc yeah got turned on to alan moore's swamp thing just oh, the boy. description he showed me and i went yeah. to mayhem our local comic book store and they had um novelizations of several forgive me i don't know what they call that when they take a lot of issues and trade paperback yep. yeah they had like four sets of books i only bought one but I loved it. I, I read it, and uh, there's one I still want to read, and I think it's maybe called The Greening of Gotham. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really uh, just from his description. And like I said, every time I hear, I kind of pick the ones to read. Right. You know, I wish I had the money yeah. and the time to just read whatever, you sure. know, or like growing up, read whatever. Right. But yeah, I kind of have to pick the greats right now. Well, that's right. okay. what I hear. Yeah. yeah. But because... And you're a dad of young kids too. I mean, yeah. you got, you got enough going on. It's hard to sometimes pick up that stuff, but it's know? also yes. hard to read because you're like, why haven't we seen this on the screen? <laughs> no, you know, well, dude, yeah. hopefully that's coming. Yeah. In yes. this, this DC universe app. Yes. I'm, I'm very stoked about the swamp thing thing, but I, I was going to say like, if you, I don't know. My when I went to college, I went for English lit, and like the whole thing. Like, if you go to like a party with like anybody who's like an English lit professor, there, like you'll get eventually you'll start talking about like Milton, Paradise Lost, or Ulysses, 
like somehow that it'll run across those things and those are the things that like oh you haven't read Paradise Lost (laughs) I'm sorry you haven't read James Joyce's Ulysses why are you here (laughs) security please escort them out of the building but if you were going to have a party with comic book geeks like some of those things I mean like I I feel like uh, Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol Uh and uh, Swamp Thing and probably like um some of the, uh, I don't know. I feel like some of Bendis's Avengers. I don't know where you would go with Marvel, like as the like the seminal runs. I have some ideas, but there's nothing. Claremont's Alan Moore's, X-Men. Claremont's X Men. That's good. Yeah, that's very good. Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. I mean, that's like that's one of those things that like, oh, you haven't you've read that? You're legit. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. And uh, he also he also you know came up with that little. Lesser known comic Watchmen. I mean, yeah. it's what, and that's, yeah. that's in and of one. itself. Yeah, look at this two beers and oh, burping like crazy. Oh, yeah. But the Watchmen, uh, is has such an interesting uh background to it, especially when you look at like how much of an homage it was to Steve Ditko mm-hmm. on Alan Moore's part and how much of a criticism of Steve Ditko it was at the same time. <laughs> we could do a damn episode on oh, yeah. that on its own. Oh, sure. So we'll stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> we will table that because that'll be a good conversation. Yeah, oh, that would be uh, an awesome. That would be great. Gosh, that would be great. Let's yeah. do least favorite. You know, and this is a tough one because, you know, there's a lot of just awesome characters all around and, you know, each company has their duds. I mean, Crazy Quilt as a Batman villain, really. But, you know, at the, at the time, though, yeah. know, we, we tend to judge things outside of that scope of when it was released. And, and, and so, you know, when you put yourself back in those times and those shoes, you know, it's, it's a little different. But for me, on a DC side, I'll do both DC and Marvel. DC was Harvey Bullock. Um, Ooh, the the uh, choice. the policeman, uh, the detective, and and it Gotham, you know, who worked right. under Jim Gordon and was always kind of anti Batman. I see why that character exists. I don't question that, or you know, I don't begrudge that. He's just always a douchebag, you know, <laughs> and and that's how he's supposed to be. So yeah. I mean, the writers did a great job. They mm-hmm. just made you not, you know, you don't like this guy. You know, he's just he's just a jerk, you know. And then uh, on the Marvel side, Modok. <laughs> Yes, and strict, strictly for the look alone. What's creepier than a big ass TV screen face guy? You know, just the look, just always giant baby me. with a giant head. <laughs> it's gross. It just weirds me out, and that's a Kirby creation, isn't it? It's a weird. I think it is Jack Kirby because yeah. I don't know who else. Oh man, Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko came up with some crazy stuff, and there is. Zero evidence that they did any drugs that's, whatsoever, right? So that's which is what I'm the thinking. craziest part of it. Were they in the Jim St- Ultra LSD experiments? But <laughs> oh. there's no evidence, right? <laughs> Jim Steranko, you could just be oh. like, "Tell me an M- LSD story." He's like, "One time I was with Otto Preminger. Listen to this, baby." And he pulls out the sharpie. He's oh, about man. to sign your book, but he talks to you for another forty-eight minutes. That Jim Steranko, though, Jim cool. Steranko is the best. Like. He, he is Batman? An, a national treasure, a national treasure. Right. Be, if you ever go to a Comic-Con and you get to listen to him tell you a story, you consider it an honor yeah. because you are being given a gift. Yeah. 
Uh, because him telling you a story is a sign of freaking respect. <laughs> nice. If he doesn't want to talk to you, yeah, he won't. Yeah. But if he starts talking to you and starts telling you a story, he'll ta- he'll tell you some crazy stories. Right. Um, but that dude, he's he's partied, yeah. and he's uh, he's he's awesome. He's yeah. a cool guy. That's awesome. What about your least favorite characters? Mm, least favorites. Um, Marvel controversial choice Deadpool oh, um, wow. because I feel like he's overused and not done well. The best version of Deadpool that I've ever read is Rick Remender's Deadpool from Uncanny X Force, right. and the reason Rick Remender wrote Deadpool so well is he was like, I've never read a Deadpool comic ever in my life, <laughs> right. so I just pretended that Deadpool was my character Blackheart Billy, a punk. Who and, and basically just like a burnout skater punk who had like a metal head. Yeah, and he just made him not a dick, but um, just kind of a weirdo. Yeah, like burnout punk, and it worked so well. Unless you read that, you wouldn't be able to tell that Rick Remender hadn't ever read a single Deadpool comic. But he made him actually relatable and have like a motivation beyond just chaos. Mm-hmm. I think that's the mistake writers make with Deadpool is that. If you have a character whose motivation is nothing at all and total nihilism, it's not interesting enough. Right. Um, it's you chaos can... for chaos's sake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is you, when, when Harvey Quinn, or Harvey Quinn? <laughs> hey, you might be when, on to something. Harvey Dent Harley Bullock, Bullock Harvey Quinn, right? Yeah. Harvey Dent <laughs> Quinn Bullock <Right>. um, <laughs> gets written as just chaos. Yeah. She kind of sucks. Yeah. But when you put... Um, an actual motivation to that chaos when you have a character that's creating chaos but has a motivation for doing so then mm-hmm. it's it still ends well, up pretty more depth interesting to that yeah absolutely oh, yes. well do you feel the deadpool movies have made things a little better given that the first one yeah. was a love story the second oh, one the first was one was great family mm-hmm. yeah. yeah the second one was a little a little more threadbare in terms of plot mm-hmm but it's more of a comedy than it is a superhero movie. And so I can forgive that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It was still fun. Cable didn't get any justice on screen. That was the only thing that frustrated me. I can go ahead and... Cable's one of my old school favorite characters. Right. I can deal with that. That's fine. Was it the casting or just the look? No, I feel like they just... You know, if you take if you take the fact that Cable is the son of, like, two of the original X-Men... Right. And sort of like this messiah that ended up being not corrupted, but just like they sent him to the future. They saw they thought he was going to like basically fix all of mutant kind's problems. And then he comes back and he's like, future isn't all that good either. Right. We have to keep fighting forever. And it like it's sort of a good reminder. And there's some depth to that, too, where it's just like you. I mean, in terms of because the X-Men are a metaphor for civil rights. Yeah. And then Cable comes back and he's basically like, we have to keep fighting forever. And you're like reminded like, oh, that is accurate That's to the true. metaphor. Right. Mm-hmm. Civil rights are, they're going to get taken away at any point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can see that bleed away, whether it's, you know, I mean, whether it's racial or it's sexual orientation or anything like that. I don't know. So, or Patriot I Act. I mean, there's a million any, different things that can apply to that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very scary. And, you know, having somebody come back and just be like, hey, I was supposed to fix everything. I didn't. That's why I'm back yeah. here is is he, sort of a trap. Humanity doesn't I like allow it a lot. for fixing it. And right. he doesn't. He, he, Cable doesn't get written very well very often. Um, also, X-Men. 
the Age of Apocalypse version of Cable yeah. is pretty awesome. Sorry. No. We're drinking. We're talking about least it's favorites. Fine. I'm We're talking about fun. favorites. We're having Whatever. That's right. That's what doesn't anyway, matter. No, no problem. Deadpool's good, yeah. but sometimes. Right. Also, other least favorite, uh, Hammerhead, because <laughs> the hell is that as a Spider-Man villain? He's <laughs> yeah. got a big head. Right. Who cares? They're out of ideas. There's way, there's way better Spider-Man villains. You're like, if you were the saddest, like, if your whole thing is that you're like, eh, but I hit people with my forehead. Like, you're the saddest Spider-Man villain of all. Like, there's another guy who's got, like, wings that he built, and he's like a 94-year-old man. Yeah. Anyway. The vulture. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's funny because the uh, the villains... Um, more villains fall under the worst character type category, and and you you feel bad for these writers that are coming up with these kinds of villains because it's like, well, crap, they're not giving me permission to use a Green Goblin, so now I have to create some <laughs> crappy <laughs> I villain. Lo- I love dog shit villains. Yeah, I love I love <laughs> terrible ter- title of a comic. Right. Oh, I'm about to drop. I have it written a list of. Uh, a, a list of characters that I'm doing for a Doomcast in future of like nice. a, a terrible villains. <laughs> one of them that one one and one one appearance only codpiece. <laughs> uh, it was a character who was maligned by women for the size of his mm-hmm. thing, and so he created a Tony Stark mechanical thing that could like oh could do, like a drill and fire lasers and stuff. That's great. Yeah. It's stupid. It's the ter- most awful thing ever. But right, and it's uh, it's like they lost a bet and had to create something, and then they, that's what they were forced to do. Make a character with yeah. a mechanical dick. Yeah, and Denny O'Neill's like, fine, I'll do it. Yeah. I don't think it's Denny. O'Neill. You didn't think I would, did you? You know, right? <laughs> just imagine a drug right. Denny O'Neill, just like you didn't think I could do it, but right. I did. Now, who wants to put God. their name on it? Yeah. <laughs> he, by the way, is just off-topic. One of my favorite writers of all time. Dude, he is the best. Just, he defined Batman and, and kind of the bringing him out of the camp. You know, I'm, I'm in the 50s sci-fi. We're on Who's a responsible planet. for it? Yeah, it's him. You know, I mean, the, really making a... St- <sighs> the yeah. question, the Vic Sage version of the, a version of the question, mm-hmm. uh, I mean... You know, Richard Dragon, um, Lady Shiva. I mean, his he brought so much cool realism into that universe. It was just awesome. Anyway, whatever. No, that's, so, no, that's good. That's that's a good episode. So, Josh, um, what about you? Your least favorite characters? You know, uh, I can't think of any right now, sadly. Uh, you know, I could give you, like, uh, Spider-Man 3. I didn't like the new Goblin. Yeah. That's about all I could do, sadly. The Venom version in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> that too. Oh, that yeah. sucked. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's uh, too bad. Yeah. I, I wish I had answers, but I mean, of course, Batman villains from, you know, the live action 66 show, you know, yeah. Louis the Lilac, uh, <laughs> Egghead. Right. You know, they were just like, hey, Milton Burrow will just give him that, that part. I mean, Shane, he was like this cowboy... Yeah, guy, which uh, I can't remember his real name, but he played Uncle Ben in the Spider-Man Raimi films. Oh yeah, um, are you kidding? Yes, look it up in the old uh, Adam West show. He plays a character called Shame. Huh. Wow. Or Shane, forgive me. But that's yeah, interesting. He's a cowboy. I didn't know and that. I don't know what he really brings other than that's amazing. Pistols and the cowboy hat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Check it out. 
I can't remember his name. Yeah. But yeah, sadly, that's all I got. That's so funny. Let's do one final topic and talk about the online platforms that we have access to nowadays. You know, so we have DC Universe app just launched. Uh, It was supposed to be what, tomorrow? Yes. But they they dropped it yesterday, a day early. Um, Or was it the day before? Two beers in, I don't know. So it was in the last day or so. It's all good. Yeah. So anyway, um, they have a. I'll do sound effects. You know, it's a it's a nice app, and I think it has a lot of room to continue to grow. Marvel Unlimited. I've always been a DC guy. Yeah. We're talking 80-20 DC Marvel. Since I've had the Marvel Unlimited app, I've been reading so much Marvel and loving every yeah. second of it. Um, I mean, I started with X-Men 1 in the 60s, and I'm just working my way up. You know, I, wow. it's, just, <laughs> it's amazing, you know, and, and reading the old Fantastic Four stuff, the um, the new Hulk so, I mean, that, that app is just phenomenal because it has over 20,000 comics that you can go through and, and enjoy. And it's at a great price. You know, it's like nine bucks a month and easy peasy. And then Comixology, you know, that kind of started the boom of online um, comics and digital comics. And, uh, sure. you know, they still sell the new stuff every single week. They have an unlimited service, too, which I subscribe. Um, and you can borrow, you know, like a library type thing, download something and you know, there's really not a return date either. You know, I mean, nice. I'm a lot of great Valiant stuff. That's where I was reading a lot of Marvel stuff because they were engaged with the Comixology Unlimited. But now that I have the Marvel app, I'm just downloading more Valiant <laughs> and just some independent stuff. You know, basically, well, you could probably yeah. do an entire episode on Valiant alone. Oh too. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just it's it's phenomenal. So I mean, there's a lot of cool online platforms out there. But when it comes to DC Universe, so it's the newest one. It's in yeah. it's in the news. There's a lot of buzz about it. You know, my only complaint, to be honest, because it's a slick interface, and you know, I thought it was pretty easy to navigate through. Um, I was really excited just scrolling through the amount of titles for comics because that's I'm looking for comics, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that the animated series and all those things are all on there because I'll watch that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for me, comics, I mean, that's that's the driver. So I'm I'm looking through. I'm like, look at all these titles. And I go back through it, and I'm like. One issue, one issue, one issue, three issues, five. What the hell is happening in my life? So I'm, I'm just hoping that they continue to build that library of right. comics, you know, as they continue to. Yeah, go. I thought I was doing something wrong. So they they only have like a couple, three, four issues of each of them, huh? Yeah, I thought that and, they had like the whole backlog of like. No. They were supposed to have the whole backlog of like detective comics from like yeah. 1938 on. They have some. They have some of those intro issues, and then they'll have a select storylines here and there. Some will have hmm. 20 or 30 comics in there, but uh, by and large, it's pretty small. And so I just hope that continues to grow because, uh, you know, that's to me, that's what I'm paying for. The one thing that I was hoping for yeah. is that it would also be available on like uh, Amazon Fire Stick and PlayStation oh, yeah. and stuff like that so that I didn't have to go buy like an Apple TV to like stream. Right. Uh, oh, you the, know the Wonder the Woman TV series, and, right? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> right? Yeah, which is available, <laughs> right? Um, but there's uh, there's all sorts of video stuff that's available on there that I would rather just watch on a TV than yeah. just on a tablet or on my phone, right. of course. Which was kind of what I was paying for because I do I'm I'm very excited for the exclusive video content yeah. that they're going to put out on Titans. there. Yeah. Titans, yeah. Swamp Thing. Doom Patrol, right? And there's other stuff. Supposedly, um, Constantine, right, is going to come back. I suppose. Cool. Uh, I don't know if it's just on this app. It would be nice if uh, Constantine, as well as like all of the other uh, collective CW titles, right, 
showed up here as well, concurrent to when they're airing on CW, that would be tight. Yeah. Even if it's got the CW branding on it. Anyway, right. those are my yeah, only agreed. complaints. Totally agreed. Well, I was reading um, into it more, and I know Batman-wise, on the 15th, they're launch- it's Batman Day. They're launching tons of stuff, including the uh, high-definition version of the animated series. Oh, wow. Tomorrow? Yes. 15th is when it was supposed to launch. Maybe it's taken time to upload everything. I'm well, guessing. and see, that's just it. Maybe, hopefully. It's just released. I mean, right. I'm going to be oh, yeah. patient as the next guy. You know, right. Too. So, yeah, I, I mean, know. we can, I can look at the Marvel Unlimited, and if I'm looking at it holistically, I really can't compare it to the DC yeah. Universe app because it's just so new. You know, so I mean, I know that mm. we'll, we'll, we'll see, um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of additional content as we continue to. Well, I did see through. the death of the family, and that got me really excited. I've never read. You that. never have? No. Oh man, I cheated and just seen the movies. Well, the, you get uh, to watch Jason die. It's a really great. Well, they provide story the number, line. and maybe it's still active. I can call the number. It. Um, I have the original comics, and yeah. uh, the uh, you know, the numbers out there and stuff. I don't know if you could call it, and it still works or not. But it was funny that the votes were just so narrow. You know, I mean, it wasn't a blowout kill him or let him live you know i mean he was voted well, for those to die who don't know like a, that's what was going on yeah, it was, right? so it was a call-in mm-hmm. effort to you know the the readers got to pick does jason live or does jason todd die and jason todd for anyone that doesn't know is a second robin um who was a little bit more <laughs> he was a little less popular maybe than the dick grayson version uh did a few more things that were maybe morally ambivalent but uh he uh yeah so they you know readers chose to kill him you know and so joker uh, has a heyday, you know, but it's a great storyline. So I hope you get a chance to read it and enjoy oh, it. Oh, I'm very excited to. Yeah. yeah. The you Superman know. appearance, too, was just a lot of fun, you know, and very almost sobering, you know, yes. to a Batman who's almost out of control. You know, it was pretty, it was good stuff. How often, uh, I like going back a little bit, I guess, uh, I know Stan Lee maybe reached out in the 60s to fans about uh, possible story ideas or whatnot. How often have they done things like call in? Or write us if you or like now. Honestly, you know, send... not often. Okay. Um, in yeah. in fact, curious. yeah. I mean, part of me thinks that you know uh, the industry as a whole, which is not, which is in decline. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, would would uh, benefit from focus group type mentality here and there. <laughs> yeah. Not not all the time. You know, right. of every course. Once in a while. But yeah, every once in a while, when you have like the big event things, or mm-hmm. when you want to reboot a universe for the four hundredth time in five years, you know. Uh, topic we're not going to get to but the you know what the fdc <laughs> you know, they're, they're well, pretty common with that so make make comics because i know this was something that you wanted to talk about and i did i did have some good thoughts on this i well i think they're good thoughts yeah you have to make comics cheaper uh-huh. i think it would be worth the while of a lot of these uh, uh not not just you know the big two but image and valiant print some you know ash cans used to be a thing yeah. let's you don't even have to go that far. Right. Everything's on glossy, full color. Everything. Go back to newsprint. Yeah. Go print. Go print comics on cheaper paper. Mm-hmm. You know. Go back to four color. Make them a dollar and a half again. Yeah. Kids will read that. Right. Because mm-hmm. you need. You don't need just guys our age reading comics. You need kids reading comics. Yeah. Because they turn into guys our age. Exactly. They continue to read comics. You and know? they won't. They you're right. Like that's that's part of the thing is that you get a, like a lot of the kids that want to read like whatever 
they'll spend a buck or two on like different stuff for apps like Contest of Champions. They'll spend two dollars on a comic issue, but they won't spend four dollars. Right. The price point is just it's a little high for kids yeah. to get into. They still want to read. They're interested in that. You just need to make it a little less expensive. You also, I, I, I think, need to make it accessible to fans. I think you can make things less... Of, you don't have to reboot things constantly. Right. You should make things e- easier to jump onto, make the story arc shorter. You don't need to make them 12 issues long. Uh, I think a maximum story arc should be about two to three issues. Yeah. You can make things like... My favorite Doctor Who? Yeah. Is the tenth Doctor, uh, because a lot of that stuff was just Monster of the Week, and that right. was fine. But it was the uh, the character that really drew me into uh, into that Doctor, and that was the thing that I loved about uh, Spider Man when I started picking up Spider Man when I was a kid. It was easy to jump into, right? You could just yeah. you could jump in. Oh, this is going to be Electro. This is going to be the Rhino. This is going to be Man Mountain. This is going to be you know whoever whatever. As of the it, '90s, good luck jumping into the X Men and trying to understand what the hell's going on. Beyond that point, right, absolutely. Yeah. After, the cartoon series helped. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But, but post Age of Apocalypse, yeah. everything got real deep. Yeah, and then it, it didn't help even with like I mean, you got writers who started turning it into art, which I appreciate, yeah. and I, I want something that's complex. But you've got to have some stuff. There's got to be accessibility, well, and affordability. You know, if, you're, if you're going to try and get kids onto a new Hawkman series, I want to read a new Hawkman series. But I and, and the new Venditti Hawkman series, I love. I love Rob Venditti. It's phenomenal. But I don't think a lot of kids are going to just be like, well, I'm going to spend $4 on a Hawkman series. This series, as much as I... And I'm glad you brought it up because... I love it. Issue 4 just came out. I just mm-hmm. read it. It's very almost a sci-fi Indiana Jones type meets, you know. And, but what I feel like they're doing, and this is where it's not as accessible... Mm-hmm. Is they're fixing Hawkman for everyone that knows that Hawkman screwed up, <laughs> not necessarily for some new kid who doesn't. I know love Crazy Hawk. I love right. the fact that he's a mess. Yeah, and his origin is all over the place, and 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 the way that he's writing this, I think, is cleaning cleaning it up very very well. But only guys like us understand that. Yeah, you know, it's not as accessible to some new kid who's going to pick that up for the first time. He's like. I don't know what, you know, what's Thanagar? You know, no one knows, <laughs> you know, unless you've been around the block. But, right. uh, yeah, you're right. You know, and this is an industry that, you know, has fallen 6% in revenue over the last year, which is equates to $70 million. Now, there's still a billion-dollar industry, but not by much. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, once it's not a billion-dollar industry, things are going to be real bad. Yeah, because... and you talk about crisis mode. You know, On Infinite Comics. Right? Yeah. No kidding. And and that's where that's where it's going to get tough, you know, because I don't know, seventy million dollar hit in one year. Prints a rough medium to begin with, right? I think I I think making comics more affordable and not and I think by that you look a, you look at a lot of kids. And I I don't even have kids, but I know a lot of people that do, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people. I know a lot of nerd dads that are reading stuff like. My Hero Academia and Naruto and One Piece <laughs> and all sorts of other manga with their kids. The reason that they yeah. are is that they're buying one book and it's nine ninety nine, but it's like a dozen issues yeah. of just this one color yeah, black two hundred pages of exactly. <laughs> That's what you need to be doing. Right. Yeah, go make a manga version of Mar- yeah. of a Marvel comic. If you made a Spider Man manga, I'm not saying do it in like a Japanese manga style. I'm just saying do it black and white spider story right yeah for for kids 
I don't know. Anyway. And, and you're absolutely right, though, because it it is. It's just they've been trying to solve for this problem now since the 90s, you know, overhyping and, you know, let's kill everybody type event comic series. <laughs> the the reason that Marvel doesn't have the rights to most of their characters is because they saved their company by selling, like, selling all of their yeah. rights everywhere. Yeah. And to Toy Biz, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Fantastic Four. There's <laughs> Glad that they were example. selling toys, whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's why we didn't see Fantastic Four the last couple of years in the comics because that was their middle finger to you know, to Fox. Yeah, you know, and so it was just you know, it's one of those things. But and uh, it, they canceled it right before the movie came out. Uh huh. Because they, they knew that really the movie just yeah. screwed the pooch on that. And... and and so for a Fantastic Four guy like myself, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh my god, are they going to bring him back? I got to see the thing and Johnny argue. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. You know, I mean, to me, it was just it was too bad. But they're back and it's going well so far. But. I mean, you know, it is. You're right. You know, I mean, it's it's got to be more affordable. It's got to be more accessible. And it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, it's my favorite medium. And, and the, to see it suffer, is, it's tough. Do you think it the is. movies have hurt or helped the sales of comics? I think it's hurt the sales of comics. I okay. think it helps drive people in maybe initially. But they don't stay for the long term because they're not always seeing what they see in the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it is more convoluted when you're going into a comic and... You know, you hear a reference or two. Uh, oh, you mean so Cyclops has died ninety four times? I, yeah, you, you don't yeah. know what's happening. You know, and 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 that's hard if you're, especially if you're a completionist. You know, like mm-hmm. myself, if I miss an episode of a TV show and I can't get it on DVR or something, sorry, I've got to wait for it to come out because <laughs> <laughs> I am now freaking out. You know, but and it's just crazy. You jump into a Guardians of the Galaxy comic and like, oh, so Star Lord's not. Ego's son, <laughs> right? Yeah. Ego's a totally different thing. Yeah, and Star Lord's what the hell is Spartax? Right. What is Drax is not. So wait a minute, what is Drax exactly? And then yeah. you have to get you have to relearn all of this stuff because they made the choice to change all of these things, which I think is always something that I come back to, especially in the Doomcast when I'm talking about movies. You don't have to change the origin mm-hmm. for no. anything. You can truncate it, you can shorten it, you can make it easier for people to understand. It's not necessary right. to actually change it because it's already being written for people who are like between 12 and 49 to <laughs> 95. Right. Who cares? Everybody can understand it. Right. You don't need to change it that much. Yeah, I mean, putting your stamp sake. on it, you know, just for your ego's sake, you know, well, this is the change I made to it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not important. You know, I mean, it's more important, I think, to stick to that source because mm-hmm. you're right. It will drive, those movies will drive people to the comics, mm-hmm. but they just they need don't to see stick. the same thing when they get there. Yeah, the retention's not there. Mm-hmm. You know, you see spikes all the time in the comic industry. And then you see it's very Dow Jonesy, you know. It's a there's a depression every year. Well, and they don't really market too much, do they? Of a comic coming out or anything like that. Well, it doesn't help that they're also only exclusively sold in comic book stores, right? And not right. in like Heidi's and Walmart's right. and Targets and stuff like that. I started reading them in the Seven Eleven in Omaha, Nebraska. Wow, on a newsstand, and wow. I could afford three or four a week with my allowance. Fantastic Four, Spider Man, yep. Batman, Superman. See ya. Tom Thumb, Bruton, Alabama, the smallest city in Alabama. So your point is made. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. What you, what they need to do is make it more accessible also. Not just cheaper, but also something that just like kids can go in and pick up. Because yeah. if you have to go to a special place, like whether that's downtown or even in 73rd Street and whatever it is, right. who cares? Yeah. If you can just like bike to Walmart, pick up five of them and then bike home. Yeah. 
you're golden. Kids you, you'll are, make that sale. Yeah, that's a lot more. It's more enticing for a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't yeah. know, that's interesting. Yeah. Again, this is a topic we could do an entire show on too. Oh, you know, I mean, it's yeah. uh, so many. Uh, and hopefully we can. <laughs> yeah, someday. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. Well, and hopefully we're able to do it before the actual medium decides to fall completely apart. <laughs> oh but, gosh, right. I yeah. really hope that. And that and I don't think it. You know, I don't think it's ever going to go away. But I mean, I think that. I, it's it's just going to be a long time before it's healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to – and there's a lot of panic change that happens in comics. You know, I mean, this is why DC reboots every five years, you know, and it, sure. and it drives a, you know, a person who's really into continuity like myself. It just drives you nuts a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, and – and I appreciate Elseworlds stories. I appreciate mm-hmm. what they're doing with Earth One. You know, it's a different takes. So I just read the Earth One Green Lantern, uh, which was just phenomenal to me. And, you know, that's my favorite character, Hal Jordan. It's not the same Hal Jordan that you see in the regular universe. Right. But I was very entertained by the by the book, you know. So it's just but again, I'm the nerd who's been around for 612 years, and, and you know I, I've seen multiple iterations of these characters. Well, so. it's hard for me to like really uh, accept the Elseworld stories. I didn't know too much about them until I saw Flashpoint, yeah. the animated movie, and I instantly fell in love with Thomas Wayne Batman, which is something yeah. I never would have thought I. Well, that's kind of a breakout character. Like, that yeah. yeah, it just it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Waynes go down that alley, and Bruce is the one that dies, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, yeah, that's such a different. Take. That's pretty fascinating. Yeah, and it's you know in an alternate reality, whatever. Uh, I yeah. love I love alternate reality yeah. versions of stuff. It's just very because you can you can throw it away and you can come back to it. Yes, and my my favorite current Marvel series is Cosmic Ghost Rider, because it's bonkers, <laughs> and it's just it's f- short synopsis. Yeah, Frank Castle, the Punisher, dies, goes to hell. Zarathos is like, oh, you're the new Ghost Rider in the Demon oh, of Vengeance. Yeah. Then he goes to Earth. He's the Ghost Rider for a while, and then Galactus comes to Earth, eats Earth, and is like, you're my new Herald. <laughs> so he's now not just Ghost Rider, but also the Herald of Galactus. So he has the Power Cosmic and the Demon Zarathos. Yeah. And they go to the Silver end Surfer of t- when you have Frank Castle. <laughs> and then God. the timeline that they're in ends because, uh, long story short, Thanos wins, then dies anyway. Um, now he's out of time. He's displaced. Comes back and he's like, "I'm going to fix Thanos." Goes kidnaps baby Thanos out of his crib on Titan, <laughs> and then he gets attacked by the Guardians of the Galaxy from an alternate timeline because he created a new one by doing that. Which and it's oh, the yeah. Juggernaut, but it's Howard the Duck with the Crimson uh, Gem of Sidorak, <laughs> Cable, yeah. Jubilee, and then like a bunch of other crazy stuff. And I. I, that's just the beginning. Yeah. I love that alternate timeline stuff yeah. because you can go absolutely anywhere with it. Well, and it, do you think that's what the future is with these films? Once people get tired of the oh big boy. canon? Yeah, I yeah. mean, they've got an opportunity there for sure. And, yeah. and you know, as, again, as a kid of the 70s and 80s and stuff, I love the what if, Marvel what if stories, yeah. you know? And, um, and even as a kid, mm-hmm. I knew enough that, you know, well, it says the title, what if. That's enough for me to understand that this isn't going to be canon or whatever, you know, but it was just a fun escape, you know, and uh, that's just, that stuff's really cool, you know, and uh, it is. Yeah, really, really awesome. Oh, man. But, you know, so, Such good stuff. yeah, that Elseworlds type stuff is, you know, it's uh, it's got its merit for sure. But I can uh, see that coming into the spotlight yeah. very soon. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, and even the DC app, you know, they have the Gotham by Gaslight film that jump started DC's Elseworlds series. That was the very first book under that 
well, pseudo imprint, sure. if you if you will. But uh, yeah, good stuff, man. But, oh wow, that's great. But yeah, neat. Dan, we want to thank you for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. I'll yeah. come back anytime. Yeah, oh, good. Well, we'll hold you to that. Okay, so, we'll uh, see you tomorrow. That's one. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to thank Dan for bringing the Voodoo Ranger. Yeah. IPA. Oh, yeah. This is very good. New Belgium. I took a picture of it on my phone because I want to save the. Nice. <laughs> I want to remember the brand later. So Heck yeah. Good. It's one one of my favorite beers. It's uh, my favorite IPA. I'm not that big of an IPA guy. My yeah. favorite IPA is Des Moines IPA. Confluence. I've had that too. That's really good. Confluence is so yeah. good. <sighs> yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I like IPAs. They go well with burgers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They're a red meat beer, in my opinion, but, you know, for those that still yeah, eat meat. You can make burgers out of anything. <laughs> That's, uh, that's the thing. Yeah. That's true. That's for sure. That is true. You know, Dan, uh, check him out on the Doomcast. Great. It's phenomenal. It's uh, on YouTube, right? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, it's I got to get all of them on YouTube. Oh. Most of it's on Facebook. It's facebook.com right. slash the Doomcast. There's uh, it, both Twitter and uh, Instagram uh, at the Doomcast. Nice. Uh, the Instagram is just basically pictures that I'm taking of panels of comics I'm reading. Oh, good. That's nice. almost all it is. And then yeah. uh, screenshots of uh, Doomcasts as I release them. So Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. It's been real awesome having you on, on board. Uh, check out Field of Geeks online. You can pretty much see us mm-hmm. anywhere. Facebook, huge presence there. You know, yes. we're on YouTube, we're on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Bye. Spotify, and uh, Podbean, of course. And uh, my blog, stevescomicblog.com. I'll take all the hits you can give me. So it's uh, <laughs> do it. Yeah, I need to. I need to be more regular. I get it, but I have a lot of archive material. You know, and it's target vegan superheroes. Right. Make up one. Yeah, um, right. If you, yeah, if you want to be more regular, just go vegan. Right. I mean, you're gonna automatically <laughs> criticize some vegans that I'm in. It's funny because you know, I it, it, my average post you know gets anywhere from twenty views to like eight thousand views. You know, so it's just bizarre. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, my the biggest ones were uh, George Lucas selling Star Wars, and I I do a every now and then I would do a why is this character cool segment, and I did Nightwing Dick Grayson. That's the largest hit I've had. So oh, that's weird. Yeah, it is Nightwing, weird. Nightwing has a dedicated ass following. He does, man. And my homie Luke Roth, <laughs> a big old Nightwing yeah. fan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's they, there are dedicated Nightwing fans out there. Yeah. So hashtags, even if you're not talking about Nightwing. Right. Nightwing. <laughs> exactly. Hashtag Nightwing. Well, you know, and it's funny because as a character too, he's up there for me. I mean, he's he's a very well balanced character from a. Yeah, he lost his parents too, but he's also not a total psychopath. You know what I mean? So he, he's <laughs> right. very well adjusted. He's kind of the everyman, you know, but who has all these extra, you know, of course. abilities. He was also older when he lost his parents mm-hmm. in a way. Maybe not that much older, but it sort of seems to make a little bit of a difference. Yeah. And yeah. It still messed him up. I don't it, know. it messed him up a little bit, but I, I think seeing Bruce and learning from that example, he decided that, you know, he's going to kind of go his own way a little bit. He's still. You know, obviously a vigilante, <laughs> you know? right? But at the same time, you know, he's he's pretty well adjusted, and it's fun to. That's a fun character to read. You know, he's he's just good. unfortunate we never got the Burt Ward Nightwing. <laughs> that been- well, it's not too late, Josh. So I'll uh, I'll call Burt when I get home, I am totally and we'll talk kidding. about it. Yeah, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> anyway, but uh, again, great show, guys. Uh, Dan, again, hopefully have you on day. soon. You know, and uh, and that's a wrap. I'm Steve. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. <laughs> Have a, a good day. <laughs> Take care. I
want to leap over buildings, want to fly over the shore, save the people from the villains, catch the crooks who rob the stores, write my name upon the sky, and when you call me, I'll be there. Faster than a lightning flash Audio Rushing jump. through the cool night air oh, 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 oh. So start ignition, count to zero I just wanna be a superhero Thoughts, emotions, world, I want